have given ourselves, totally given ourselves unto him. Because when you totally surrender yourself unto him, nothing else matters. And that's the place that we need to be in, y'all. We need to totally surrender to God where nothing else matters. It's all about him, y'all. And when we make it all about him, we will begin to see things manifest in our lives. Amen. God is such a good, good God. He is an awesome God. He is worthy and worthy to be praised. There is no other God like Jehovah. He's the self-existing God. Amen. Father God, we just thank you. We just honor you on today. We glorify you. We magnify your name. God, we lift you up in this place on today, God. And God, we want to thank you for being amongst us on today. We want to thank you for our helper, our teacher, our comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Father, I want to thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. And I thank you for your blood, God. I thank you for your healing power, God. And I thank you, Father God, for your peace on today. So I say, peace be still in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you, God, that the word become illumination. It becomes light to us on today, that it penetrates our very being. And God, when I open my mouth, it becomes a fire and devour everything going on around us. It becomes a hammer and breaks the rocks into pieces. It becomes a two-edged sword. We thank you and we praise you for that on today in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is still good. Come on, look at him again and say, neighbor. God is still good. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Come on, when you know his goodness and all that he's done for you, come on, you just begin to glorify him. Hallelujah. We're going to let him have his way. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Nobody knows what anybody go through but God. Hallelujah. We may see people outside, but we don't know what's taking place on the inside. Everybody has a story. People may see the glory. But everybody has a story. Because when we all go home into our houses, nobody knows what's taking place between those closed doors. Nobody but God. So when we come together in fellowship and we think about where we were and where we are now, we can't do nothing but give him glory. Not only inside our homes, but he should be glorified outside our homes, y'all. Because God allowed us to see this day. And if he allowed you to see this day, there's work that he wants you to do in this day. Do not take it for granted. If some people can't walk, they can't talk, 
They can't roll over. They're just laying there. And while we still have breath in our bodies, the Bible said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. And we should be praising him. Because we're still breathing. We still have breath. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Let's don't take our lives for granted. Let's don't take our lives for granted, y'all. Because we don't know from one day to, to the next. That's why God said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And this is why so many people are going through in their bodies too. Because we worry about things that's far off. Instead of thanking God for the day that we're in. And when you become so thankful in spite of how you feel. And just giving God glory. Come on, you will go past how you're feeling. And you will begin to feel the presence, the life of God. And that's what God wants. He wants us to have life. And he wants us to have that life more abundantly. It's time out, y'all. I'm just going to say it. It's time out for playing church. We're the church. And we need to be about his business. We cannot be double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable. In all of his ways. We have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in us. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to um, go back where we've been. The word that we, has, we have been talking about is. Seeing the word of God for what it is. And we're living in a time now. Right now. That we have to see the word of God, y'all, for what it is. Because there's so much going on in the atmosphere. And some things that's going on, we have not seen it yet. And the only way you're going to see it is spiritually. So if you're walking in the flesh, you're not going to see what God would have you to see what's around you. But when you're in his presence and you're in the word, God will begin to open up the spiritual realm. He will begin to tell you what to do and how to do it. We need to quit taking the word of God, you know, like it's nothing. We need to open it up and say, God, speak to me. So we want to continue on seeing the word of God for what it is. And I want to go a little bit further. Go with me to Numbers 21. And let's hear what God has to say in Numbers 21. God always have a word for his people. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I want that word. Because I know what that word's going to do for me. What about you? Amen. And Numbers 21. Verse 4. Numbers 21, verse 4. And the word of God now reads. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the souls of the people was much discouraged because of the the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loath 
this light bread. I'm going to read that again, verse 5. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loaf this light bread. You may be seated. We're still talking about seeing the word of God um, for what it is. And God um, was taking me back to the Israelites. And the reason why he's taking me back there is because God said there's a root to the reason why we don't see the word of God for what it is. And until you get to the root of things, you're going to still be going around that same mountain over and over again. And I believe some of us are going around the same mountain over and over again because we're not getting to the root of what's really going on in our lives. So when we look at these Israelites, what was going on with them, they were going to the promised land. But on their way to the promised land, they had to take another route. God would not take them through the land of the Edomites. He wouldn't do that. So they had to go another way. Being that they had to go another way, the journey was longer. So they became discouraged. And when you become discouraged, when you're waiting on a promise for God, and I believe there's some discouragement in the room because some of us have been waiting on a promise, waiting on a promise, waiting on a promise, and seem like, you know, we don't see it. We don't feel it. Seem like it's just not there. So they became so discouraged. And in their discouragement, they said that they began to complain. They began to mummer. How many of us, when we get discouraged, so you got to understand where things are coming from. When you get discouraged, when things don't seem like it's working out in your life, then you begin to take it out on somebody else. Can I get a witness? When we get discouraged and seem like the money is low, the body ain't feeling good, the children are acting up, people on the job is acting up, everything looks like it's toe up from the flow up, we have to go back and do things that we already done before, we get discouraged. And in that discouragement, we have to blame somebody. See, we got to get to the root of this, this stuff. When we get discouraged, we have to blame somebody. Have you ever woke up and you woke up mad and didn't know why? Come on, let's just be real. I don't know about you, but I have. I'm, I'm waking up and I got a feeling on me and I don't know where the feeling is coming from. And I'm saying, what is this? What's going on with me? Why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't be answering my husband this way. What's going on with me? When you recognize that you're waking up a certain way that you should not be waking up. You need to deal with that. You don't just need to brush it off and smile like everything okay. You need to get in the presence of the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, what's going on with me? Because if you don't deal with you, you're going to deal with somebody else. This is what was happening with them. They were so discouraged because they had to go another way. They were tired. Come on, in our tiredness and being impatient, we take that out on everybody else. Come on, women. When we get irritable, when them hormones begin to change, we begin to take stuff out on everybody that's around us. And the excuse is my hormones is changing. There ain't no excuse because God is giving you the fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah, somebody. Because it's funny, those hormones only act up with husbands and people close to you. But other people, you're still smiling with the hormones raging. Help me, somebody. Come on, let's just get to the root of the matter. Quit blaming stuff on stuff people are saying when the word of God is more powerful than hormones. Oh, y'all, I'm going somewhere. 
So see, we see that they were so discouraged. So guess who they're going to blame? Their leader. They began to speak against Moses. But see, they got to understand Moses was a servant of God. Moses was representing God and standing before the people and giving them what God was giving him. So they began to mumble. They began to complain. And as they began to mumble and complain, this was the same old story they always brought up. You brought us out of Egypt. Why didn't you just let us stay in Egypt and die? Why didn't you just stay in Egypt and die? You didn't have to come out of Egypt. Oh, I'm talking. See, everybody brings somebody, but you have a choice for what you do. They didn't have to follow Moses, but they chose to follow Moses. So now they're telling Moses, why didn't you just leave us in Egypt and let us die? They said there's neither bread nor water out here. We're hungry. We're thirsty. And then they begin to say, we loathe. That means that they detest it. That means that what they had was making them sick. We loathe this bread. But they called it worthless bread. Light bread. When you look it up in Hebrew, they said we loaf. We detest this worthless bread. They were saying the bread that come down from heaven. Oh, I'm going somewhere. They said we loaf this bread. They said we detest this light bread. It is worthless to us. Worthless mean, meaning nothing. It is useless to us. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said the word has become so useless, so worthless to the church, they won't even pick it up. He said my people are seeing my word worthless. Because when they go through things, they don't go through to my word. They go to what they're familiar with just like the Israelites. The Israelites had bread for heaven. He said, I'm the bread of life. But they didn't want that. Because their mind was so set on where they were. That's the world. And when God stopped me right there, he said, my people, look at my word as worthless. I said, what, what do you mean God is worthless? He said, because when something go on in their lives. When the bills are due and don't look like they can pay the bill, they don't go to my word. He said when they're going through in their body, they don't go to my word. When they're mumbling and complaining, they don't go to my word. He said when they're having disagreements, they don't go to my word. So my word is useless. Y'all, we can stop right there. Born again, folks. The ones that supposed to know me don't go to my word. They go on how they feel. See, they go on their discouragement and what they're going through. But God said, I gave you something. I gave you something to bring you life. And you're calling what I have given you worthless. Hmm. And I sat there. I said, oh, my God. He said, that was manna from heaven. And they looked at it as being worthless bread because they were discouraged. Because they had to go around another way. They couldn't have it their way. So they were not accepting even what God gave them. He is God. The word was right there with them. Ready to do whatever needed to be done. But God knew his people. God knew what was already there. 
So every situation in your life is going to bring up what's already there. It has not just occurred in your life. When you curse somebody out, when you talk about people and it's a steady talking about people, you didn't just come up with that. It was already there. But it's coming out of you because you ain't dealt with what's already there. You don't just hate somebody just to hate them. Hate comes from somewhere. So these people say we detest. We detest this bread. We detest this worthless, this use. What good is this bread to us? This bread was feeding them. This bread was giving them the nourishment that they needed for this journey in the wilderness. This is our bread. The word of God, the word of life. And God saw fit to use men, to use women, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to give us what's written. And we take it lightly because we won't even stop in the morning to flip a page. So when we don't do that, we consider this book as useless. I don't need this this morning. Yeah. Yeah. This is what God is saying. And I mean, he had me sitting there for a while. And I can just see things. And God said, my words is useless. Because if my words were a benefit to people, they will talk more about the word than they talk about other things. Whatever you hear come out of people's mouth more is where they've been. In situations, whatever people talk about more is where they've been. If you hear people talking about the news more, that's where they've been more. But if people talking about the news and then telling you what the word is saying, then they're saying, I don't believe the news. I know what the word says. But if you can spit out the news quicker than you can spit out the word, when somebody says something is happening, you believe what they say. You look at this as useless because you're gravitating to what the news is saying. And you're doing what the news is saying over what the word is saying. Look at your neighbor and say, how do you see it? Because that's what they were saying. It was worthless. Can you imagine how that made God feel? Our creator, the one who made heaven and earth and used the word to do it. He said, let there be. And there was. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that that light was good. He spoke it into existence by speaking. He, the word was there in the beginning with God. Without the word, nothing that was made would have been made. And we look at this word like it's worthless, like it's useless, like it's powerless, like it's not doing nothing. Because we turn away from the word and we turn to weaker and beggarly elements. We don't depend on this word the way we need to depend on this word. The only way the church is going to begin to depend on this word is when everything is taken from you and it ain't working. But as long as we have something we can gravitate to, we leave this by itself. But I'm here to tell you, God has warned you. This is the only that's going to work. They can try everything they want to try. They can put money in everything they want to put it in. 
But the word is the only thing that's going to bring life. And that's truth. And if we don't gravitate to this word. Now I'm not talking about hitting and missing no more y'all. You can't be hitting and missing. You got to get in the word because you know this is what you need. You need the word more than you need natural food. That's why Jesus said man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Why would he take time to come out of heaven? And the word took on flesh and dwelled among us. Why would he take that time out to do that if the word wasn't important in a dying world? We are living in a fallen. We are living in a dying world. And God has put people in this world not to be of this world, but let the world know my kingdom has come here on earth. And some of us are acting like we don't have a savior. It's time out. For foolishness, y'all, it's time to be about our father's business. We cannot do anything without this word. And this is what God was trying to show these Israelites. God said, if I brought you out, the very one who brought you out is going to take care of every need that you have while you're out. But I want you to trust me. Y'all got to understand, as long as you're in this world, things are going to come at you. But you don't have to accept what come at you. Sickness is going to come at you. But when you know what the word of God says, you got to reject what's coming at you and say the word said by his stripes, I was already healed. You knocking on the wrong door. Get out of here. It's going to come, but you don't accept it because he took it. He took it. The Bible says that he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. So whatever he took, we don't have to take. So ask your neighbor, why are you taking it? Who told you you had to take it? Who told you you had to accept those things that are coming to your house? Who had the audacity to tell you when it come, just sit in it? That's a lie from the pit of hell. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has delivered you out of them all. So when they come, you don't deny that they're there. You say, how did you get here? Because you don't supposed to be here. So I rebuke you. You better turn on some rebukers. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no right in my home. Because the Bible says. You're supposed to be a speaking spirit, not a complaining spirit. There's no complaints. Oh, my goodness, when it comes to God. I can't blame it on God. It's on me. Because God already made the way. And if I don't accept the way, I don't need to blame my father. God made a way in the wilderness. But God said, I got to take you through some stuff. I'm going to be here with you even though you're going through it. He said, but I want you to trust me that when it come up, you can say, God said. But they were so discouraged. They were so discouraged. They were so impatient because they had to go around something instead of going through it. 
God knew you ain't ready to go through that land. So I'm just going to let you go around it because I know where you are. See, some of y'all is trying to take places you ain't ready for. So God said, I got to take you around a little longer. I got to let you go through that place a little longer. Because you ain't quite ready yet. He said, you speaking it with your mouth, but your heart is far from what you're speaking. He said, so you're going to have to stay there just a little longer. So they were discouraged. And many of us today, we are discouraged. We are frustrated. I'm going to say it like Sister Nice, frustrated. Because we're going through things that we don't want to go through, y'all. Yes, we're going to go through some things, but it's how you go through those things. Yes, your money ain't going to look right sometime, but it's how you go through when your money don't look right. Who are you depending on? Are you depending on man or are you depending on God? So as long as you're in this world, you're going to go through something. But as long as you have the word of God, it won't last. Because you're depending on him and not on yourself. So the Lord stopped me at the point where they were mumbling and complaining and they were saying the same thing. So I said, Father, the same thing that I'm hearing is, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? I said, God, I'm hearing this throughout their journey. Why am I hearing these people speak such stuff? So the Lord said, let me take you on a journey and give you the root of where that's coming from. Remember I said, if you don't get to the root, you're going to keep speaking the same thing. You're going to keep doing the same thing and you're going to think it's okay. I thank God for people that are truly in the word of God that can stop you. And say, do you hear what you're saying? That ain't okay. That's not what my words. I need more people in the body of Christ. No matter who it is to stand up for what he says. Not standing up for how people feel. I I got to stop there and do a silah. I got to stop there. We got too many people that say they're in this book. The good book. Said it's spending time in it. But when somebody come to you with something, you ain't bringing correction according to where you've been. You can't tell me that you've been in this book of life. And you hearing somebody that's so discouraged. And they're talking about everybody. And they're going on a rampage and won't shut up. And you sitting there listening to that garbage and won't give them. Matter of fact. How can you not give them something, somebody that's in you? The word is in you. The word is living. You're the temple. Y'all, I'm I'm about to blow up up here. I ain't lying. I'm going to tell you why. Because the more this word opens to me, the stronger I get in it. And And when I get in it like that, it's proven to me where people are. The more I talk to people, I know where you are by how you talk. I know what you're trying to justify by how you're talking. It ain't no justification when it comes to what this word says. It is no excuse. You're justified because of him, not because of you. So we cannot try to make up excuses when it looked like it ain't working for us. It always works. 
We cannot try to add to the word when it seemed like we didn't get the money we supposed to have gotten. And we're trying to make an excuse for God. You don't have to make an excuse for God. If God says that you have abundance and no lack, you don't look at the lack. I still got abundance in the midst of the lack. Because there's no lack in God. Because he is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. And if I'm lacking, it ain't because of him. It's because of something I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. If you're going through in your body, you don't have to justify nothing. Because by his stripes, you were already healed no matter how you feel. You don't have to try to figure it out. You just speak what the word says about it. Oh, I bind offense right now in Jesus' name. Because see, when offense comes, the truth is outweighing it and people rising up in their offense. That's when you know the word is working, when people begin to sit straight up in their seat. Mm -hmm. Because you're ready to bow up. Come on, truth. This is what truth does. Truth will bring out of you. What's laying dormant in you and then to bring it to the surface. Come on, anything that's in me that ain't right, I want it to surface. Because I want to deal with it. And I want to deal with it according to the word, not according to my feelings. I don't want nobody to suck up to me. I want you to tell me the truth. Because when you know the truth, that's what's going to make you free. You got to know the truth. And when you know the truth, you're going to live the truth. And you ain't going to live no other way except by truth. And you're not going to let anybody tell you any different. Because this is whom you believe. Look at your neighbor. Say this good stuff. Say you might not want to receive it. But it's good stuff. Say it's bringing you some life today. And say you need to take it. So we see, I said, okay, God, show me the root of these people. They use this same old tired line and I'm getting tired of hearing it. So tell me, why did they keep saying this? You brought us in this wilderness. You should have left, left us in Egypt. God took me back on a journey. Go with me to Exodus 14. And I want to show you the times that they use this tired line. They come out of Egypt. And here come old Pharaoh. Pharaoh recognized, why did I let these people go? But see, this was part of God's plan. God, this was part of his plan because God said, you know what? I'm going to harden his heart some more. It was already hard. So he can come after the Israelites and then he's going to drown his own self in the sea. So when the people began to see Pharaoh, remember the people come out, y'all. And when they come out, you know, they were happy. Who wouldn't be happy if you got delivered? Come on, somebody. Who wouldn't be happy when you got healed from something? Who wouldn't be happy when your bills are paid? Who wouldn't? But understand, trouble is waiting. So Pharaoh was coming. And when they looked up and saw Pharaoh, oh my goodness, fear set in. Come on, y'all. They're only human just like us when we hear bad news or when a bill pop up that we wasn't expecting. All of a sudden we get an alarm, we get fearful. 
So this is what happened to them. So this is how they responded. Now listen to verse 11 in chapter 14 of Exodus. Now look, when they saw Pharaoh, they got to have somebody to blame. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? He did not pick up them people. Wherefore has thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Okay, this is an incident when the enemy was coming after them. Fear set in. So when fear set in, they begin to reveal their heart. They begin to talk against Moses. When fear set in in your life, when things are acting crazy in your life, whether it's death, whatever it is, a loved one is going through, whatever's in you is going to reveal itself. It's going to come out of you. Your hurts, your disappointments, everything is going to come out of you. That was the first time that they began to talk about this, right? When they come out of Egypt. Go with me to chapter 15. In chapter 15, here we go again. Look at 15. Okay, before we do that, after they got through that, they begin to praise God. Y'all, they begin to dance. They begin to shout. They was having them a, a party. You know, he died in the sea, just praising God and everything. So they got through that. Then they came to a place, y'all, where I believe there was no water. <laughs> Verse 23 in Exodus 15. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for it was bitter. The water was bitter there. Look at verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Okay, here go to murmuring again. They just was praising God. I'm talking to y'all too. We're in this category. We begin to praise God when we get some extra income tax. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I got $4,000. Then you get a telephone call. You owe us $2,500. Now you begin to mumble and complain. What happened? How can your joy be stolen that quick? Because it ain't the real joy. Because the joy that he give you, nothing can take it away. And what we should do when a bill come, praise you, Jesus. I thank you that I had enough to cover that debt. But we get so selfish because we want to blow it the way we want to blow it. Now we're mad and say, I ain't paying you a dime. And the Bible say, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. Amen. So they started complaining against Moses again because the waters were bitter. Okay? Now go with me to 16. Got over the bitter water. Then it says in verse 2 in chapter 16. Now the congregation began to complain again. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Now listen what they're saying. When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly. 
with hunger. Let me back up now. Pharaoh died in the sea. God took him through the Red Sea. Red Sea miracle. They began to praise God. Because they were saved. Okay? So they began to praise God. Then they got to a point where the water was bitter. They mumbled and complained again. Now they got the water like it's supposed to be. So now they're complaining because they say, look what we had in Egypt. And you brought us out here to die with hunger. So here come God. Y'all know what God did. God rained bread from heaven and told them how much to take of that bread. Right? Now turn with me to chapter 17. I'm going somewhere. Now, look at this right here. Here we go again. They starting over again in 17. They were journeying in the wilderness and there was no water for the people to drink in verse 17. And then the people said in verse 2, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Here go Moses. Why chide with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirst there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, here we go, y'all. Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children? I didn't put children in it. And our children and our cattle didn't put the cattle in it. With thirst. Y'all see how many times they mumbled and complained, right? No matter how God brought them out, they still had to complain. Is that us? Help me somebody. Is that us? We always got something to complain about and we're never thankful. We're complaining more than we're thankful. Lord, I may not have this, but I'm thankful for what I have. Times we go out to eat and I believe people that I eat with hear me say this. When the food ain't that good, I start complaining and say, ah, this ain't right. Then I look up and say, but you know what? I'm thankful I didn't have to cook it. Hallelujah. This is what I do. Why? Because I got to remind myself. You didn't cook that food. They cooked that food. Be thankful that you didn't have to cook it and it sat before you. Give them a hallelujah. I believe deliverance is in the house. Come on, y'all. God is doing a work right here amongst you to let you know about the word of God. So then here go the root of the thing. Remember I told you I was going to give you the root, right? Y'all see how they was complaining all the time, right? Go with me to Exodus, the fifth chapter. And this is what God is saying in Exodus, the fifth chapter. This is what's happening. Pharaoh would not let the people go. So God told Moses to go to Pharaoh, him and Aaron, and speak to Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go, which he did that. And when he went to them, Pharaoh said, I don't know your God. Who is your God that I should let your people go? So Pharaoh, what he did, he made it harder for God's people. Let me tell you something. When you're truly trusting in the word of God and you're depending on the word of God, the fire is going to get twice as hot. Things are going to come at you from every side because of the word that you're trusting in. So when Moses went there, and I want to read this. And a different version of the Bible to let you see just what the enemy does and how he do it. And see, sometimes we miss it in scripture because we don't take the time 
to allow the Holy Spirit to show us exactly what need to be shown. Do not rush through the word of God. Because when you rush through the word of God, you're going to miss some revelation. You're going to miss what God is showing you. So this is what happened. When we go to Exodus 5 and we go to verse 8 and 9, I want you all to hear what Pharaoh did. This is what happened in verse 8 and 9. It says, but they must still make the same number of bricks as they did before. Do not accept fewer. They have become lazy. This is what Pharaoh is saying. And that is why they're asking me, whining, let us go to offer sacrifices for God. Make these people work. I want y'all to catch this. Harder and keep them busy. This is the key. They will labor on it. Then they will not have time, listen y'all, to listen to the lies of Moses and pay no attention to false words and reports. Y'all didn't catch it, did you? If the enemy can keep your focus on what he wants you to focus on, you're not going to listen to the word of the Lord. This is in the Bible. This is what that verse is saying. This is why you have to take time and break that verse down. According to Hebrew, and here was actually being said in that verse. See, the enemy know, know how to do it. Keep them so busy. What are you busy with? What are you occupied with more than the word of God? That's what the enemy wants. Keep them so busy at work. Keep them so busy shopping. Keep them so busy on the phone and watching television that they won't have time to pay attention to what God said. See, sometimes you can get more work to turn your attention to work instead of turning it to God. You can get more people asking you to hang out because you're feeling rejected to take you away, away from where you've been. Hmm. It's right there in the Word. See, we miss it because we don't want to take time and sit still to hear what God is saying. So he's saying this morning, what are you so busy with? What are you trying to accomplish without me? You can't do nothing without me. People will even use you. Can, can, can you come do this for me? Can you come do that for me? Because the devil is keeping them busy as well. So they won't be in their word. So they're going to call you because they use your kindness for weakness. They're going to call you to take you out of your place with the word. And you're missing what God wants you to know. I'm going to read this again. This is what he said. Make these people work harder and keep them busy. Then they will not have time to listen to the lies of Moses. Or pay attention to false words and reports. That's what the enemy is doing to the church. He got your attention somewhere else. He got you busy in other things. I'm going to tell you something. This is why the church, we're the church, cannot come together on one accord. Because you got half the church too busy and doing what they want to do. And you got the other church, part of the church, in their word. Listening to what God will have for them to do. The ones that's so busy, when you ask them for help, they got to go pray on that help. <laughs> the ones that spend quite time in the word of God, they prayed up. They can say yes right then because they hear God clearly. 
People that are still afraid, that won't move off your money, or won't move when you're going through in your body to trust God, is because it's where you've been. The enemy will send people to take you out of the place that you're in. Because the enemy knows that the word brings life, y'all. So he's going to take you away from your lifeline, which is the word. Come on, when you got rejection in your life, you find the things to replace what you want. How you feel. So if you feel like, oh, you know, I'll say this. Some husbands want the wives to feel good when they ain't feeling good. So they'll send them on a shopping spree. Knowing they can't afford it, but just to have some peace and get them out the house. Here, baby. Send them on this shopping spree. From Genesis to Revelation. And tell them this is what's going to take you out of where you at. Because money ain't going to get you what you need. My love is not even going to get you what you need, not unless it's coming from God. So I'm not going to play these tricks anymore. That's the spirit operating through you. So it's up to you if you want to go into this word of God with me and let's get rid of what's going on with you. Because you're not going to make me be broke, busted, and disgusted. Come on, men. Pull up your pants. Get to the root of what's going on in your house. Quit appeasing that spirit. And it's the same thing with women when it comes to men. Tell them what's going on. If you in your word, God is not going to let nothing sneak up in your house without you knowing what's going on. He's going to reveal it. But our problem is we want peace. So we give people what that wears off. I don't know about y'all, but it wore off with me, didn't it? Because y'all, I blew up some credit card. Because I just felt like I needed something to make me feel good. So I got addicted by sliding them cards. When I couldn't slide them no more, I was worse off than I was before. I ain't have nothing else to think about to do to get the feeling off of me. But when I grabbed hold to this word, Nothing else mattered. And I'm telling y'all, until you grab hold to this word, you're going to stay in the same situation that you have always been in because you done borrowed too much from Peter to pay Paul. And and it, it shouldn't be this way. So this is what was going on. The enemy said, let's keep them busy. So busy. That they won't even pay attention to what the word of God is saying. Have you ever been so discouraged? I'm going somewhere. And I'm going to give you another scripture. So this is what was happening, right? He, he told them that this is what I want you to do to them. So guess what they did? They could not produce what needed to be produced because the enemy made it twice as hard. So being that they couldn't produce it, they were beating them. They were more cruel unto them because they would not do like they told them to do. So by them being that way, guess what? They turned against the word. Because what they were going through, they were paying more attention to that than they were paying attention to what God said. I'm bringing you out of here. So he made it harder to make God look like a liar. So after they done all of this, they went to Moses. And they told Moses this. Go to verse 20 520 
And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And look what they said. And they said unto him, the Lord look upon you and judge because you have made our savior to be a harbored in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servant to put a sword in their hand to slay us. So they turned against Moses. It, it looked as if what Moses was telling them was not true because they believed in more of what the enemy was doing than in what God said. He said, you just put a what a, a sword in their hand just to kill us. So guess what Moses did? This is what I love about a good leader. Regardless how the people felt about Moses, Moses went right back to God. See, a good leader, they're going to go back to God regardless of what you say to them. They're going to begin to go into prayer. They're going to begin to talk to God about the congregation, about what's going on and say, God, I know what you said. So God sent Moses right back. Go with me to the sixth chapter. Exodus 6, we're taking a journey. Exodus 6, and let's look at verse 9. So when Moses was going back to the people after he spoke to God, let me tell you what happened. So Moses told this to the Israelites, but they would not listen to him. Now listen at this. They were so discouraged, their spirit was broken, and their slavery was hard and cruel. They would not pay attention to Moses. Because they were so discouraged. They will not hear what Moses had to say. And this is when they began to tell Moses. Why didn't you? This is the root. This is why they kept saying this. Why did you not leave us in Egypt and let us die there? That's why they said it. Because it starts back to how cruel they was in five. And that was in them. So every time something happened, that's what they were feeding off of. Y'all get it? So see, if you don't deal with the root of that tree. See, what happens is you deal with symptoms around that tree. But you got to get to the root of, Lord, why am I angry so much? God, why am I gossiping so much? God, why do I want so much attention? God, why, when the pastor say something to me, I'm coming back at the pastor? Why am I always blaming the pastor? Why am I always blaming my husband? Why am I always blaming somebody else when I'm being addressed for something? Why am I always putting the blame on them? Because you got a root somewhere. And you're not seeing you, you're seeing everybody else. Because the enemy wants you to see them because the person that's helping you is bringing you life from the word of God. And he don't want you to have that life. So he wants you to turn against them and make them look like your enemy. And he's the real enemy. See, that root is the stronghold that's already in your life. That's keeping you in bondage. Because of the way you've been thinking for so many years. We have strongholds in us. That we have built up due to our way of thinking. And instead of rooting it up with the word, we're going around it and not dealing with it. And this is why the church is so much in a mess. Because we're not dealing with those strongholds. And until you take the time to say, God, here am I. God, deal with me through this word. Because, Lord, I need for you to search me. 
Search me, God, and see if there's any wicked way in me. God, I need you now. I can't help nobody else, God, if I cannot help myself. And you're giving me 66 books to go into for every situation I have in my life to be dealt with. So the root of this was, the reason why they kept saying the same thing over and over again is because of where they've been. So when things would come up, their solution was, you should have left us. Lord, I thank you that you didn't leave me in my mess. I thank God that he died on my behalf so I could have life and have it more abundantly. And even when I yet messed up, he said, daughter, I done took care of that. Don't accept that. Already died for that too. Already died for the guilt, the condemnation. Already died for the sickness. Already died for, you know, hurt. Already died for offense. Already died for God. Already died for all of these things. So he said, don't accept that. He said, you don't have to accept that. Because I did that for you. This is why you need to know the word. People tell me they know the word, but all I hear is mumbling and complaining. You can't tell me you know it. And I'm telling you what it's saying and you still won't shut up. Because when the word is speaking, you're supposed to hear a calmness. It don't supposed to be no back and forth. See, when somebody's giving you truth, you're supposed to humbly submit yourself through the truth of the word. But people get so, and this is the thing, and I'm hearing this in my spirit. Do not do what I ask you to do when you really don't want to do it. Don't say, I'm going to do it, but you got a problem with what I ask you to do. Because God know your heart. It's all about your heart. If I come to you and say, what you said was not appropriate. Don't say, okay, okay, I'll I go handle that. But then you go to somebody else. What she mean, what I said wasn't appropriate. Every time I turn around, she telling me what I said wasn't appropriate. What about what people say to me? See, you just dishonored God. Because God, when he send me to you, that's him. Telling me, telling, because he love you that much. See, God put you on the shepherds that's after the heart of God. People are so offensive that when God is giving them a word, they got to come up with another one. Because they don't want to accept the word that God has given them instead of saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that word that you gave me. Lord, I don't understand it. But Lord, I'm going to take this word and allow you to deal with me according to this word. So this is what was happening to the ones in Egypt. And do y'all know, and I'm getting back somewhere too, I'm going back to 21. I'm going back here because I had to go there to go back where I was going. So we see the point of everything that happened and the root of them always using that same line, right? It's because they remembered what had happened to them in Egypt. See, they come out of Egypt, y'all, but Egypt didn't come out of them. So the way they taught was the way of Egypt. And that's what we are. We come out of the world. We're still in the world, but we don't supposed to be like the world. So I'm telling y'all today, I'm seeing more world in the church than I have ever saw before. And I'm so tired of people making excuses. 
One minute they're saying, oh, how I love Jesus. And then the next minute they're serving Satan like it's normal. Because, see, I want y'all to understand that there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of light. You cannot serve two kingdoms. Either you're going to serve one or you're going to serve the other. If I'm serving the kingdom of darkness, I'm going to do what the darkness does. If I'm serving the kingdom of light, I'm going to do what the kingdom of light does. So I need to find out all that I need to find out about this kingdom of light. Because I have come out. Let me give you a scripture. Go with me to Colossians. Some people, when you teach and preach like this, you hate it. And the words say I would be. So I'm not offended by it. Colossians, the first chapter. I want y'all to listen at this and listen good. Colossians 1. Y'all, I don't know about you, but I love the word. And I love when the word get me. And tell me where I am. Colossians 1, 13. Listen at this verse of scripture. And I know some of you are already there, but I want to break it down a little bit more. I'm just going to take my time because I believe we need it. Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14. It said, God has freed, rescued, delivered us from the power, the authority, dominion of darkness. And he brought us into the kingdom of his dearly loved, beloved son. So listen at this. So it's saying in um, King James, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. If I am delivered from darkness, that means he translated me. He took me out of darkness and he translated me into the light of the kingdom. If I'm taken out of a place, that's not my place no more. Hello, somebody. I'm going to give you an example. Some of y'all can understand this better. I'm going to use Mitch and Jennifer over here. Mitch and Jennifer, both of them have parents. Amen? They have parents. When Mitch decided that he wanted Jennifer to be his wife, Mitch had to take her out of Miss Mimi's house. And she was translated into his house. That means that Miss Mimi's house ain't no more her house. That's not where she go no more. She has a house. She has a home. Her home is with her husband. So she can't go back into Miss Mimi's house and tell what's going on in your house because now she's in your house so y'all are working together to make a home. So it ain't no more Miss Mimi. She's still Jennifer's mother. But now it's Mitch. Mitch is before the mother. Did anybody know that? So it ain't no more her mom, ain't no more Mitch mom. It's Jennifer. He can't go to his mom without going through Jennifer. She can't go to her mom without going through Mitch. So when you translate it out of darkness into the light of the kingdom, you shouldn't be over here in darkness and doing what darkness does. See, what darkness do is, darkness is darkness, but darkness show up in the light (laughs) to say that they know the light but they're yet in darkness. Woo! Never heard of such lies. How can I be in God's kingdom and every time a party open up, I'm at the party? Nobody don't want to hear that. Nobody don't want to hear that. Light have no business with darkness, not unless you bring in the darkness into light. 
And when darkness invites you to something of darkness, then evidently they're thinking you got some darkness somewhere. But when you want to invite darkness into the light, they never show up to the light. (laughs) That should tell you something. When you love Jesus, you may fall short, but you're going to pop up quick. And you're going to apologize for where you were and say, that's not my place. This is who I am. Forgive me. But if you never ask for forgiveness being in that darkness, check your salvation. Ain't no way you can love God like you say you do and you still entertaining foolishness. Because when you love, oh, I got another scripture. That's just who I am. Like I said, if you don't like it, how many doors we got? This word is free. But if you don't want to hear it, I'm not going to force you. I'm just going to give it to you like it is. Let me find it. It's right here in the word of God. God is just so good because he reminds you of it. I'm getting there, y'all. I'm getting there. Well, I'm going to just paraphrase it because I'm close up to it. But it says that if you love the world more than you love. Oh, here it is. Thank you, Holy Ghost. First John, the second chapter says, verse 14. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. This is what it's saying. Love not the world. Let me say that again. Love not the world. Neither the things. Uh oh. Let me say it again. Let me get my mic right because you know. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Let me read it again. Love not the world. Does anybody know what the world is? That's darkness. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Whatever things that are in the world that represent the world, you don't suppose to love them. Check this. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. Do you know I'm going back to where I was? They said, I don't want no more of this worthless bread. This is the church, folks. Why did I say this? Because it's church, folks, that's going against what I just read. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. So if you're going after what the world is going after, you are looking at God's word as being useless, like God is not even speaking to you. Christians, saints. So this very word that I'm coming to you this morning, teaching you with, some people already done got mad. Some people already flaring up. Because see, some things are popping before you. And if they're popping before you, God is saying, just get it right. Just ask for forgiveness. It means repent, mean have a change of mind. Meaning that, yes, God, I was in that and I shouldn't have been in that. Because I shouldn't have, when you go into a place of darkness 
and you're not going in there to pull somebody to the light, you're telling your father he's worthless. You're taking the word in darkness and saying you are worthless. When you lay down with someone and Jesus died for fornication, for adultery, for liars, for all of this, you're saying you're born again and you're laying your father down in fornication and saying you're worthless. When you're hanging with the world and you know that they're not going to change and you love what they're doing, you're saying, Father, you're worthless. Because he says, separate yourself. Because light cannot be hanging with darkness. Light's supposed to overthrow darkness. When you're hanging with selfishness and you won't let go of it. You're letting God know he's worthless. Because he, 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 he can't overthrow that. Because you're still babying that. Anything that you're babying and you're a Christian and you say you know the word, you're saying the word is useless. I can say from this pulpit, people don't like Miracle Temple. They don't like Miracle Temple, y'all. They don't. Because of the word. So I love them. I pray and say, God, forgive them. For they don't know. That's my prayer. God, forgive them because they don't know. God, open their eyes. They're not coming at me. They're coming at you, God. They're not hurting me, God. They're hurting themselves. Because you said, vengeance is mine, I shall repay. Oh, she thinks she missed goody two shoes. She done done stuff in her life she shouldn't be doing. She probably done talked about everybody. But whatever I do, I have a savior. I have one that told me that I can come to him. And I can repent. See, the difference is, if I am wrong, I'm going to take care of my wrongness. I'm going to call you and tell you what I said was not right. Forgive me. Who in Miracle Temple know your pastor? How many of y'all have a call? How many of y'all told me, pastor, you didn't, I didn't, you didn't say nothing wrong, but the Holy Ghost that's in me say, shut the door. Because the enemy going to use that later on and put it in their minds and then they're going to talk about you. But you handle that right then and there. You don't think God going to let me know when I'm being talked about? That's when I pray for you even the more. I say, God, they don't know. God, bring them out of that. Because God, they yet don't see. God, allow them to see. Y'all, we are one body. We make up one body. It's neither Jew, neither Greek, neither bond, neither free. We are one body in Christ. That means we help each other. Every joint supply. We don't supposed to be coming against each other. We supposed to be working with one another. Because we represent him. So when darkness try to come in. And try to separate us. We take the word of God and say I know you. Oh we don't operate like that up in here. If you got a problem with my pastor you need to go to her not me. We shut them down. 
We don't sit there and try to get the news and then try to shut it down. So I'm telling you, we look at God as being worthless when we don't do what his word tells us to do. We can be so angry, y'all. We're hearing somebody speak the word, but it, it ain't penetrating. Because our heart has become so hardened. With here, and our hearts become so hardened because of our discouragement. Because of what's going on in our lives. And some people will say, I can't believe they did that. Yes, you can. They're human. But when you see what they're doing, you're supposed to go to them. And you're supposed to help your brother or sister. Oh, I got another scripture for you. Thank you, Lord. It's just popping up as I'm talking. Isn't God good? God will meet you where he, where you're at, right? And evidently these scriptures are popping up for a reason. Okay. It says in Galatians 6. I'm going to have to break that one down too. I'm taking my time, y'all, for a reason. Because God wants us to be helpers of one another, right? Galatians 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone in your group, a person, does something wrong or is overcome by some transgression or sin, you, who are spiritual, should go to that person and gently help make him right again, restore him gently with a gentle spirit. But be careful, because you might be tempted to sin too. That's the word. See, this is my problem, y'all. Seeing the word for what it is. If I don't see the word for what it is, I can't help you. If you don't see the word for what it is, you definitely can't help me. You can't go on here, say, she say. You got to go and search these scriptures for yourself and see what the word of God is saying to you. I can repeat something Sister Denise say. I'm just repeating it. But if I get it in my heart, it ain't what she said. It's what God said to me. What I'm telling you today, you hearing me, but it's the word. But until you get that word in you for yourself, it's just a word that you heard somebody say. God want life to come from that word to you. So you have to take the very words that you're hearing me speak. And you have to go home and say, God, you gave them to apostle, now give them to me. God help me to see it the way you will have me to see it. It's the same word. And then we take that same word and we're giving it to somebody else. And when you begin to give it to somebody else, guess what began to happen? They begin to say, where do you fellowship? You don't have to give them my name, the church name, no name. When you begin to speak truth out of your mouth, they know where you're from. But how can we speak truth when we're never in truth? When we always getting mad, when we always flurring up, instead of in the midst of the opposition, we need to look up and say, God, how do you want me to handle this? Which way you want me to go in? Which way you want me to come out? God, if you want me not to say nothing, I won't say nothing. But God, how do you want me to respond? That shows where you've been. Come on, even in your home, you got to know how to respond to your husband or wife. Because you don't know deeply what they're going through. That's why before you make a connection with any man or any woman, you need to make sure you connect it yourself. 
Because if you truly connected to God for yourself, and that's really the man or woman that God wants you to be with, guess what? They'll stay. They'll accept what you're saying as truth. But if it's not really a man and a woman that God is sending you, they're going to leave you. Because, see, they don't want to hear that, what you're talking. They don't want to hear that. So I'm telling you, we have to have this word, y'all. We have to start at home. We have to give it to our children because when we give it to our children, guess what? They're comprehending it. They'll give it right back to you. My little Jayana, she was telling me the other day, we was in there and we was talking, you know, the word. And she said, wait a minute, me, mom. She said, I heard you say this. I said, oh, my, what did she hear me say? <laughs> she said, I heard you say this. You said that God said, let there be. I said, okay. And me, my, there was. You said, me, my, God said, let there be light. And me, my, there was light. And then we talked about, I said, I want to talk about John 3.16, Yana. She said, okay. So I began to talk about John 3.16. And I said, you know what? God gave us his son. That whosoever believe in his son, baby, shall not perish, shall not die, but have everlasting life. And she just looked at me. So she said, you know what, me, mom? She said, I'm going to tell my friend that you got to accept Jesus or you're going to die. (laughs) She comprehended it the way that she needed to comprehend it. So as we were sitting there, and at a young age, you know now, children are choosing who they want to play with. So at a young age, she was telling me about the two girls she played with. And then one girl, she'll leave her and go play with another. I said, I'll tell you what you do, baby. I said, God loves you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. When she go off and play with that little girl, he'll go a song for you, Yana. I want you to start singing. Yes, Jesus loves Yana. Yes, Jesus loves Yana. Yes, Jesus loves Yana. For the Bible tells me so. She said, Mima, she said, sing it again. So she came in from school and she told me, she said, guess what, Mima? She said, when she walked off, I said, yes, Jesus loves you. Let me tell y'all something. If we don't tell our children these things at a young age, the older they get, the more rejected they're going to feel. And they're going to feel like nobody want to be around them. They are not good enough for nobody. But if we instill that word in them right now and let them know, if nobody want to be with you, God will never leave you, nor shall he forsake you. He'll put friends in your life that need to be in your life. And if they choose not to be in your life, you won't feel alone. You will feel the peace of God like never before. But when that stronghold get there, it takes time to root it up. And the only way it can root it up is you don't change your confession when they're telling you they won't talk to me. They won't say this to me. But God will always speak to you. Because that's just how much God loves you. Do not let nobody put a name on your children. Because when they do, that name sticks with them. We have to do it according to The word, y'all. There is life in this Bible. And y'all, every day, Lord knows every day, I say, Lord, show me where you want us to be. And this is what the Lord was telling me, y'all. 
Y'all been hearing about the virus, right? And people been hearing about it and they've been taking it in and they've been going on what everybody's telling them that they should do and what they shouldn't do, right? Because we want to go by what the world says, what the professional says. God said, tell them this is what I'm saying. Those who go to God most high for safety, dwell, sit in the shelter of, of God most high, will be protected by, lodged in the shadow, the shade of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my place of safety, refuge and protection, my fortress. You are my God and I trust I have confidence in you. God will say, protect you from hidden traps, the snare of the fowler, and from deadly diseases, pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you can hide and find refuge. His truth, his faithfulness will be your shield and protector, your buckler. You will not fear any danger or terror at night. Or an error that flies during the day. You will not be afraid of disease or the pestilence that comes, walks, stalks in the darkness or sickness, stings. That strikes, devastates, overpowers at noon. At your side, 1,000 people may die. Fall or even 10,000 right beside you. At your right hand, but you will not be hurt. It will not touch you. You will only watch, look with your eyes and see the wicked punish. The Lord is your protection. For you, Lord, are my refuge. You have made God your most high, your place of safety, your dwelling place. Nothing bad, evil, harmful will happen to befall you. No disaster, blow or plague will come to approach your home, your tent. He has put his angels in charge of, commanded his angels, his messengers concerning you to watch over, keep guard you wherever you go, all your ways. They will catch you, lift you up in their hands so that you will not hit your foot on a rock. You will walk, tread on lions and cobras. You will step on, trample, strong lions and snakes. The Lord says, whoever loves, desires me, I will save, rescue. I will protect, lift to safety. Those who know me, my name, they will call to me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble, distress. I will rescue them and honor, glorify them. I will give them a long, full life, satisfy them with length of days. And they will see how I can save, show them my salvation and victory. And guess what? That is Psalms 91, broken down. Every word of it broken down in Hebrew. When you don't know what those words mean, you're just repeating what you don't know what, what it means. But when you get full meaning of what those scriptures are saying, it speaks volume. If anybody want a copy, it's free. Speak this every day. Because guess what? This is what he said. So when it comes now you're dwelling... You lift this up and begin to speak it bold and say, ah, you can't come here because this is not what the word says. You got to leave here right now. I don't accept this in Jesus name because I got a promise from God almighty. Y'all, we don't take this word for what it is. If God said it, it's already done. He said, I'm God and not man that I should lie. Neither the son of man that I shall repent. Have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? But the problem is, y'all, 
we as the church have taken in so much of the world that when the word of God is spoken, it's worthless to us because of our hardened hearts, because of where we are and what we come to believe in our mind. The enemy has us wasting our time on things that are not of God and those things have taken root in us so when truth come, it cannot penetrate us because of that root that's there. Quit making excuses for what you're doing. Because if you're not doing it according to the word of God, that's an excuse that you have come up to, with not to do what the word of God is telling you to do. God's word is true. He said, let every man become a liar. Either we're going to believe it, y'all, or we're not. He said, choose this day whom you're going to serve. But the Bible began to say, he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He said, there are blessings and there are curses. There's life and death. He said, choose life. Why would God give us all of this for us to choose darkness? God don't work like that. He don't operate like that. So whatever come at you is opposing him. And when you know it's opposing him, you jump on it according to the word. Do what the word is telling you to do. You, you may not feel like it. You may be hurt. But still, speak life. And when you speak life over that dead situation, the peace of God come in. And the peace of God begin to rest upon you like never before. Y'all, it works. If we allow it to work, if we come out of that stubborn mode that we're in. When you're full of stubbornness, when you're full of rebellion, come on, the truth bounces off. Because you done made up your mind. I don't want to, come on, we read it. They made up their mind. They didn't want to hear it no more. But guess what? They came out, but they came out with the wrong mindset. They didn't want to hear it no more. But they walked out of there with Moses. You told them you didn't want to hear it no more, but you walked out. See, this is what I'm saying. Somebody got to have a place of refuge to go to. And the word is your refuge. The word is your fortress. Y'all don't take this lightly. It's too much going on. Apostle is my witness. When this virus start popping up in China, Apostle said, do you remember? You talked about this. I said, but wait, Apostle. I said, wait on it. It's going to pop up in the United States next because they're going to talk it up. Wait on it. Words have power. And if you keep talking about it, instead of cursing it at the root. That's right, that's it. See, we talk too much because we want people to think you know. When you're talking that foolishness, you don't know. You are a spiritual being. Even though they're saying this, you're saying Psalms 91. And what we doing? Don't touch me. You don't even know what's around you. Where's your sanitizer? Did you put on sanitizer? Cover your mouth. Before they sneezing all in your face, done spit all on your lips, and you ain't paid it no attention. Just wiped it off. Now they get one little drop of, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying. True that. When you don't know nothing, you're living comfortably. Soon as you figure it out, you done bought up all the sanitizer you can find. We do use common sense. 
but we don't put fear in common sense. Because you was using that before you heard about all this. Amen. Amen. So we want to see the word of God for what it is. So check yourselves and ask God, what am I holding on to that I haven't let go of? Show me me, God. Show me the way you would have for me to go and I'll walk in it. Because God is truly about life, y'all. And he wants us to have nothing but the best. And God's people supposed to represent him well on this earth. That when things are going on, it don't touch us. And people is wondering what in the world is going on. Because I know who I am. And I know who I belong to. Things will try to attack, but we have to stand. Doing all, y'all, we have to stand. And stay away from bad company. What do I mean by bad company? I mean talking about Christian folks who are talking foolishness. When you got yourself built up in the word and then they be saying, well, you better do this right here, you better do that right there. See ya! Because I'm going to tell you something. When you are amongst people, you speak truth. You overcounter what they're saying with truth. Because you have to go to work. You have to go out and run your errands. Speak truth to them. And say, I hear what you're saying and I heard what they're saying, but this is what God is saying. So we're going to go on what God is saying. Give them the truth everywhere you go. Because you're in a bubble. When you're in Psalms 91, you're in a bubble. You're walking through stuff and you're in a bubble. See yourself in a bubble. See yourself protected. And if you don't see yourself protected, you're not. You got to believe what the word is saying. And sometimes it takes longer for others because they were never in it. They just was relying on somebody else. Rely on him. Because somebody else may not be found in your time of trouble. And don't get mad at them when you can't find them. Hello, somebody. Because if I'm giving you this word and you can't find me, I did my part. I did my part. So don't get mad at me. You got what you need. Use it. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. And at this time, do we have anyone in here, anybody, that do not know Jesus?